0: Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News
1: Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness Oh yeah. Good morning everybody. It's Tuesday, May 30th and today is National Water of Flower Day. Because that's right, flowers need water too. It's also Loomis Day, World Multiple Sclerosis Day, National Hole in a Bucket Day, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. And it's also National Creativity Day, so shout out to all the creatives out there. Oh, that's the wrong button. There we go. And it's also... Oh, yeah. You're going to get, hope you're ready for this. Come on. It's National Mint Julep Day. So bust out your copper cups and thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining in Clubhouse, well, we're having an audio issue, and so you're not going to be able to come up on stage and participate today. But nonetheless, (laughs) we'll figure it out as we keep on rolling. But coming up first, also, too, I have – my buddy DC Scroger in the building, live from DC, with us over here in beautiful Mar a Lago today, joining us. And so, we're gonna kick this off, we're gonna get bucked right into with the dope dad himself. That's right, the Quasimodo caretaker, the baby specialist. <laughs> That's right, oh yeah, and it's Zozo's dad too. That's right, it's the dope dad himself, Rico you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, Jason. I like that, man. Quasimodo caretaker. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like that one. All right. So my story is going to shed a little bit more light on the failed uh, bill down in Texas. All right. So um, Houston, we have a problem. Today, I'm headed back down uh, to Lone Star State for a story that I touched briefly on at the end of Friday's show. Uh, Now we've got a little bit more color on what exactly happened with a Texas GOP Senate-led death of two House-passed bills set to effectively decriminalize cannabis, facilitate expungements, and allow chronic pain patients access as an opioid alternative. The bills were officially dead on arrival, well, at least for a year now, with Texas Senate leadership refusing to even bring up The measures for consideration ahead of monday's end of legislative session texas advocates dreaming of a state senate showing a bit more compassion to modest reform this session than in the past ran into rude awakening this monday as lieutenant governor dan patrick everybody's favorite predictably continued his years-long obstruction of any kind of cannabis legislation by refusing to advance the bills to the floor The long tease began last month when Texas's House passed a bill to remove the risk of arrest or jail time for low-level possession of cannabis and eventually aiming to allow complete erasure of cannabis-related offenses from criminal records. The unlikely expectations were rooted in a chamber previously passing similar proposals in the previous two legislative sessions in 2021 and 2019. Per the article, the uh, proposals have consistently stalled in the Senate amid opposition from Pat- from Patrick. This year's bill, HB 218, combined two separate measures from the most recent past session, both of which passed bipartisanly on the full House. Possession of up to one ounce would have been moved down to a Class C misdemeanor, removing risk of jail time in lieu of a maximum five, a fine of $500. This is as opposed to possession... Uh, Possessions seen currently in Class B misdemeanors, uh, which carry penalties of up to 180 days in jail and $2,000 in fines. It also specified possession of up to two ounces as no longer resulting in arrest, uh, trading the uh, traditional punishment for simple citations. Perhaps the most devastating blow to the Texas advocates was the fact past cannabis convictions were no longer eligible for expungement. The bill carved out details for simple court-processed expungements all for a small fee of $30. Yet another House-approved measure that stalled out in the Senate would have uh, allowed medical cannabis as an opioid alternative for folks with chronic pain, in addition to a revision to the state's THC limit. HB 1805 would have replaced the 1% THC cap for cannabis oil from which a volumetric dose of 10 milligrams, also expanding eligibility for low THC products uh, by granting legal access to patients for quote, a condition that causes chronic pain for a physician, uh, for which a physician would otherwise prescribe opioids, end quote. Since the Texas legislature only meets every two years, the next crack at progress won't be until the next session scheduled to begin January 2025. The failure of these two bills to even be considered by the Senate after passing with bipartisan support in Texas's house is a massive letdown for everybody in the Texas state cannabis community. It'll surely lead to more illegal imports from neighboring legalized states and dangerous unregulated hemp based derivatives being used by folks who can't get to the real stuff. And unfortunately the same children of the lawmakers uh, that are claiming to uh, to save them by blocking this whole damn thing. Um, it doesn't make much sense either from a business perspective. A state's existing agricultural landscape would immediately benefit from a uh, progressive lo- uh, legislation on the cannabis front, possibly catapulting the state into a top three status uh, as a producer, pretty much from the jump. Um, sad day indeed for Texans, and I'd love to hear what the rest of the team has to think about this one. I'm Rico meet the dopest dad on the street. What do you think, Jason? Stars at night are still big and bright down in Texas. I mean, did anyone really expect
1: this to pass in the first place? I mean, is anyone that unrealistic?
2: Um, A lot of folks down in Texas thought at least one of these would be able to squeak by. At least the uh, expungement measure would have been able to uh, squeak by. But um, it was going to be a long shot. Uh, I know we were very, very pessimistic on it. It passing from, from our standpoint here on the show. But um, a lot of folks on the ground, they, they, they had optimism that we did not.
3: I mean, and the answer to your question is yes, Jason. People are very unrealistic. Yes. Okay. I guess the question <laughs> is when will it, uh, since we,
4: we're saying now federal legalization is a long way away, at least that's what I'm hearing more and more of, and I agree with, they've been saying it for a while. How long's Texas the way for Texas?
2: When the money, when the money comes, man, you you see they're they're impeaching people <laughs> as we speak. Uh, money talks down in Texas, and uh, I I thought personally I thought North Carolina and South Carolina were going to be the last ones to push legalization through, but we see you know with the tobacco industry reeling the way that it is, they did a complete about face, and they're expecting um, some form of legalization to happen in North Carolina probably at the end of this year.
4: Right. I don't know. I mean, this is the problem, though. There's not a lot of money in cannabis.
2: Nope. I mean, there is if you're if
1: you're on the government side of taxation, it is.
4: Uh, <laughs> you know what? If you look at the size of the black market or illicit market, depending on what side of the PC divide you line on. Um,
2: free to market. It's the free to market.
3: Yeah, we like I, pre- market. I prefer outsourced market, outsourced sales. That's what oh, I prefer. I, so I, bear,
4: I I call it the the free market. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, I think it's hard to argue that the government's actually doing well. And my story is going to hit on that too.
2: All right, mm-hmm. I think I think um, also the, the builders, man, <clears throat> just think if you pass some kind of measure, you have some kind of pro- progressive stance, even if it's not full legalization. You're gonna have a bunch of people wanting to build plants, a bunch of people wanting to, you know, to take advantage of, uh, of property sales and stuff like that. Um, And uh, just to get in the game early, like whether your whole game plan maps out or not, it would be a boon to the construction industry, um, to a lot of these contractors out there, and it would stimulate the economy. So um,
4: here, so you know what's interesting? So Herb Wesson is a uh, no herb. Yeah, (laughs) we were driving in in Los Angeles, and he said something very. He goes, he was talking to someone I was with. He goes, "All you." people think and we just talked people cannabis people think that that cannabis money matters. Let me see that one high rise there and he's pointing at one high rise in downtown. That will bring in more cannabis tax dollars just from property taxes than cannabis in LA ever will.
1: Oh, that's a great point. That's a great great point right there, Sean. That is a real point.
4: We are dealing with the most delusional group of people, friends that I've ever seen in the cannabis community. They're yeah. a bunch of great black market, illicit market, freedom market trappers, but they don't know economics. They don't know business very well. I'll and be- they're making a lot of complaints, and they're screaming about a lot of fix- fixes that will be just as dysfunctional. Uh, I got to say, people got to start looking at themselves for losing too.
1: Sean, Sean, um, I wonder, I wonder, and then we're going to go to Lee. Sean, Sean, I'm just wondering if you think that that part of the reason for this delusionalization that the ca- people in cannabis have is because cannabis has got so potent lately that it's <laughs> made them all just just
4: wackadaisical. No, I think you're being a prohibitious and doing associative studies. there, saying they're associated with high tax. I agree with you. But I'm going to tell you knowing a lot of I just think there's a lot of mental illness and cannabis to start with. Yeah, and I know. think narcissism and delusion is a very high uh concentration of, of characteristics in this community. But, but that's that's
1: well, not just this community, Lee. Sean. That's well, not we, this, community. that's business. We 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 got Lee that wants to trying to say something go yeah, for it, every, Lee. Everyone
5: everyone gets excited about legalization and, and no one looks at Washington DC who was first to we voted to legalize 2014, uh, Congress, your senators, your representatives stopped us from regulating and have still stopped us from so until national regulation is going to come forward and legalization. You would think that your representatives would allow us to regulate. So that could be a barrier of, of sorts, uh, every four years a budget comes about and it has a rider in the budget that says DC cannot uh, use any funds to implement an adult use recreational market. We have a medical Yep, DC did this past year was, you guys uh, have a freedom market. Uh, 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 well, they, they're do, about to shut that down. Uh, they're going to shut it down? Yeah, they're going to shut it down. Stop. They're, trying to
2: stop the don- they're trying to stop the donations?
5: What, what it is, is that now we have a new medical. They scrapped the medical and rewrote the medical, which gave regulation to enforce. And now Abra will enforce. And they won't lock anybody up. How they're going to get rid of the the, the the pop-up shops is is uh, by attaching a $10,000 fine per infraction uh, to the property itself not just the business yeah good luck with that
1: they're not i don't think they're going to be able to there they're, they're going to be that la tried to do something similar and they couldn't even do that and then, so i doubt dc is going to be able to do that too
5: but we're, we're only we're, 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 we're super small we have 12 council members yeah
1: yeah but it's, it's not it's not about the size of why, why they couldn't do it because la so big they couldn't do it because constitutionally they couldn't they couldn't uh attach a fine like that to the property owner
5: Right, and And so and so
1: DC is going to run across that same problem of saying, "Hey, we're going," and then having to roll it back.
4: Hey, Jason, what we see is there's no—I mean, so much. I mean, social equity is probably going to be declared unconstitutional as soon as the actions is declared unconstitutional. So much of what our progressive clown show—and I'm a progressive—has bought us is really against the law um, in in cannabis, And, and more importantly, to Lee's point other than it being unconstitutional, all the trap flippers are going to do is do delivery. There ain't going to be a tie to an open store. I mean, the but whole thing is stupid. Do the
2: delivery. They already, that's all it is. is. Yeah, they already are they doing put, delivery, they Sean. They, they're,
4: that's they're, what I'm saying. They just get around. We can't, local control has no control over this. The government has no control over this. They can't stop it. They can't control. us. the 50 years of prohibition didn't tell us that. Our, I, but this is what's really going on, people. I mean, I'm talking to, the highest levels in government and legislation, the administrations and states and the feds. And, and, and this is all just taxicabbing. They don't care. This right. is just about organizing the political divide. And you see the Republicans now coming up trying to organize around cannabis, too, with Nancy Mace and and, and you know, this conglomerate cabal of Matt Gates, You know, people who aren't necessarily thought as liberals coming in and supporting cannabis they don't. This thing's not going to be passed for a while. They, they. It's much more valuable to the politicians and the and the lobbyists and in in the in the people who get paid to act like they're doing something in state capitals like Sacramento and D.C. than actually getting done. Right. And the people being heard is, is us.
5: In D.C., they're going to go after the CFO and the business license. So that yeah. you're operating a business, the one, the storefront. Uh, without uh, without a business license, and in D.C., what they do is they red they red door you, what we call red door. They'll put a big red stick on your door. It means revocation of business license. Everybody knows what that means. And in D.C. Scarlet letter. Well, in D.C., it's it's so small. Look. Once you're on the list, you're blacklisted. You will not move in that city. I, I, don't, you know?
1: I don't know. I think people are going to be able to get around it. They're just going to start a whole new business and go in there and, and be like, hey, there's a new business operation, new new corporation, da-da-da-da-da. Boom. Away that one, That one's dissolved. Boom. Still operations. They're, they're, still just different company.
5: allowing the shops to, to, it's, going to, be, to it's going to be whack-a-mole. They're never yeah, going to, to clean this up. For, uh, to apply for a license But for, for so long. Like like Jason Jason just said for so long, uh, in D.C. you've had an unregulated market that was smoke and mirrors that uh, there's no enforcement for. If anybody who got locked up, as long as it was just cannabis, just shut up. There would no paper you. Uh, and Lee,
2: Lee Lee, do you do you think that you guys um, are running into so many problems because of the non-statehood status?
5: Oh yeah yeah non-statehood. See.
1: DC is never going to be a state, well, and it shouldn't be. It, it, it not, should be. No, well, not a chance.
5: Well, well here it, it is. Be. They're no, not, they're not going to give us statehood. Yeah, because, I mean, know that I yeah, do, but I should. It should. No, it, it, shouldn't. it, 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 it comes. Mm. It comes down to this: uh, if you give DC statehood, which which we want, but if you give DC statehood, then where did the other electoral college votes go to? Because right. Exactly.
2: It's, it's the same argument with, with, with Puerto Rico. It's, it's, you know.
5: it's that simple, but we're on the mainland. We're not Puerto Rico. Those are terrible.
2: I know. I'm from the DMV. Uh, what up, 202? Uh, we're, uh, we're, not we're not getting into all of you. Know <laughs>
1: commercial. we got to be right back. We're way over time already. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what time it is. That's right. It's Tuesday over here at Green Street, and we got Smokey Vanilla with us in the building. So that's That's right. It is time to stretch and smoke. We just got done smoking. Now we're going to stretch it out, and then we're going to smoke again. Let's go. I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology and
3: bodywork, massage, and assisted stretching. You gotta come check it out, baby. Check me out on IG at Smoky Vanilla One Stretch and Smoke, Twitter,
1: Smokey Vanilla, Social Club, uh, Stretch and Smoke, or also on Sports Recovery by Dan and Jam. If you want to feel as good as I look, then make sure that you get a stretch and smoke in with Smokey Vanilla.
2: Yeet! Yeet! -hmm. He is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer known for smoking the best weed in the world. Broadcasting live and direct today from the Vortex, which is piping him somehow into Mar a Lago. Oh, where I'm pretty sure that he has uh, just come across some newly discovered classified documents. Y'all know who it is Jason Beck.
1: Oh yeah, and just so you know, my story is extra, extra long today, but so I'm not I'm just I'm gonna cut it short as far as that. But if you do want to read the whole story, make sure you head over to our website ww.high nine news.com where you can catch the full, full, full story. But get ready for this, Rico. Because here's what they're saying out in out in the D. More Michigan marijuana companies are expected to come under receivership control. That's not something to cheer about. That's not something to cheer about.
2: about. (laughs) It's so cold in the day. It is.
1: Michigan cannabis companies have faced a challenging environment in the past year with the price of marijuana flower rapidly declining, causing margins to narrow at narrow at a time when competition is increasing. As a result, some cannabis companies have struggled to pay their bills and some are now under the control of a court appointed receiver, which is one of the few options available for lenders to recover their investments in the cannabis industry. While using a court-appointed receiver is common in many industries, it's relatively new to Michigan's cannabis industry, which is still growing but is becoming an increasingly challenging environment to operate in because of a number of factors in, in addition to declining marijuana flower prices, like more competition and limited access to traditional funding sources, among others. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who can't find that $40 million that she owes the veterans, signed into law, Uh, in 2020, a bill that extended the court ordered receivership process to Michigan's marijuana industry, providing a state-level remedy for those in the marijuana industry that are unable to take advantage of federal bankruptcy courts. A receivership is a remedy available for creditors to obtain funds that are owed to them. A court appointed receiver answers to the court and manages all aspects of the company's business in order to repay lenders and stabilize the company. Cannabis companies can't file for bankruptcy because marijuana is still illegal under federal law and federal bankruptcy protections is not available to these companies or their mm-hmm.
0: that's
1: right receiverships are are not a simple process though and that's especially true in the cannabis industry Ben Sobiek, a partner at the law firm Dixon Wright, argues that's that that's because cannabis is the only industry that has this kind of incredible one-of-a-kind regulatory overlay, Scoreback said, making it difficult to transfer a marijuana license between companies, for example. And in a quote, he says, it's, un- it's unclear if receiverships are going to be a reasonable way to unwind these problems, he said and and I'm and that's that that's where I'm going to stop with this story but uh like I said you can read the full story on our website over there at www.hiat9news.com and so what do you guys have to say I know I've been in a receivership and it was a nightmare and the fact that these people are promoting and saying that the state is going to stabilize your business is just a total joke OK, and I can go into more in that, but now I'm going to digress and see what y'all have to say. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the high at nine news. What do y'all
2: think? So this is all related to uh, the fact that they said that if you can't pay your taxes, they're just going to shut you. They're, they're going to put you in, in state collections and then shut you down.
1: No, no. State collections is not receivership.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm saying is it connected to like the same issues that they've been having? No, no, not at all. No,
5: somebody's trying to sue you. No, and and if somebody trying to sue you, say you owe, you owe a vendor or somebody a contractor, uh, the yeah. court, and they wanted to sue you. And your cannabis business ain't making the money that it's making. Uh, what will happen is the court itself uh, uh, will, will appoint a separate entity to run your business for you and to pay your debts
1: off. But But let me tell you something. What happens when you? Well, let me tell you what happens. I'm asking.
2: They just remove you completely from the equation and just run your ship.
1: Yes, yes, you are removed from the equation. Yes, you are 100 percent removed from the equation. Let me tell you something. When you go into receivership, these people that run these things do not make smart decisions on your on your business's behalf. All they do is is work to make it less less palatable to people purchasing it. So then that way your licenses are ultimately paid for pennies on the dollar. And that's what's yeah. ultimately happening. Because I'll tell you what, uh uh we we when it went went into it on uh, based off of a ownership dispute. So there's a few ways you can go into a into a uh in, into receivership. That's not the that's not the only way that, that Lee had mentioned. There are other ways uh to to do that as well. But uh we owed let me put it to you. We owed almost 10x of the number that we owed. We owed like a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, by the time we got out of receivership, which most people don't even get their businesses out of receivership, the receivership did such a shitty job. We owed $5 million.
2: so
1: so yeah so this is total it's total
2: bs
5: BS.
2: i guarantee they're gonna put a competent person in there to even do anything
5: this isn't a of professional that comes in to run your business no it's people that say they are this is a court appointed uh you know they're attorneys they're attorneys. somebody's paralegal from somebody's
1: firm Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah mark mark have you experienced any receivership uh cases you're on mute mark you're on mute there we go. Am I off mute? Not you now, buddy. Yeah. Well, you
0: know, it's interesting because what we're we're actually dealing with uh, right now are distributors who aren't paying their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got some lawsuits going where, you know, the brand turned everything over. The distributor collected the money and didn't pay it. Wow. And, you know, that's a big problem. Across the whole state right now, and I think there's a, a bill moving that's uh, you know supposed to help alleviate that. Uh, but
2: where they say it happened to the money?
0: What what <laughs> exactly? Where <laughs> it, it's like this? Eh, that's what happened. Eh, uh, sue me. Eh, and then you're in litigation for a year and a half to two years, and oh, we'll settle for this, and then you make a settlement agreement, and then they don't pay. You know, and what we've done actually is is we've done a, a stipulated judgment where if they don't pay, we move right in for the judgment, which then gives us the power to go get a receiver. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because let's face it, suing somebody no matter what it is, you get a piece of paper that's a judgment, hey. a lot of times you just wipe your ass with it. Yep. And it's a you you can't collect yeah. on it. It's yeah, just a right. huge circular, a huge tautology of how you cannot get things done
1: if you get it mark, wet you can make it a wipey
2: it's, it's, it's a huge mark, circular jerk if you will mark is. i
3: got a, I got a question for you mark so what's the what what are the um what's the power that some of these uh vendors have that have these you know outstanding uh accounts receivable with these distributors are they teaming up and uh going after them in like a kind of like a, a group is that more effective for them
0: no, I, I haven't seen that happen. You know, they're coming to us individualistically and, and everyone's has their own problems. And, and a big part of the problem is they can't really afford litigation because they haven't received any money, you sure. know, and unless you get guys like us who are willing to, you know, do it for a percentage. If you get lucky, you know, stuff like that. Sean, were you going to say
4: something? I just go. I mean, the real issue here, let's not dance around the subject the regulatory system that's been put forward for legalized cannabis is a disaster and a failure of epic proportion. And the only people who aren't getting this or aren't being honest are the people who helped pass it. So we have a lot of very liberal, arty uh, activists who don't understand economics or governmental regulation. That part. And you got a bunch of, you got a bunch of progressive, uh, Politicians who who do great at talking about the issues and identify them, but haven't been able to put a model forward that actually does what it's supposed to accomplish. Um, and, and until we figure out how to actually bring models that work, we're going to be stuck in the same old shitty prohibitionist state.
2: Right. And, and the, This is what I always say is You can't show up to a football game With basketball shorts on and get your knees taken out Real quick
1: Oh man, you know what, on that note We're going to keep it moving, we got to head over party, party. That tells everyone yep. The STFU All up again That's right, in order to not talk to cops And stay out of jail That's right, it's the Pop Brothers-in-law themselves That's right, Mr. Mark Wasserman
0: Hey, thank you for... Am I on? Am I on?
2: You're the better looking brother, right? Uh, Yes,
0: I am. That's what they say. (laughs) And I've got some great... Well, I don't know if it's great. I've got news coming out of Florida as the Supreme Court in Florida is set to schedule for a legal challenge to the 2024 Cannabis Legalization Ballot Initiative has now been published. The Florida Supreme Court is taking its first steps to consider a legal challenge from the state attorney general Ashley Moody who is seeking to invalidate a cannabis legalization initiative that an industry funded campaign is seeking to place on the ballot in 2024 the attorney's general initial filing on the initiative was submitted about last was uh, submitted last week and it's based on a single subject challenge as she's done in other challenges To legalization bids. Moody claimed that the initiative violates the state constitution's single subject rule, which requires ballot proposals to be narrowly focused on an individual issue. She made the same argument against 2022 legalization measure and the Supreme Court invalidated that. Now, despite Moody's opinion, activists say That they've thoroughly vetted the measure and are confident the court will agree that it complies with constitutional requirements. Now, to make the ballot, activists will need to turn in 891,523 valid signatures. So far, they have 786. Thousand seven hundred forty-seven signatures. They had crossed the big threshold of 420,000 signatures back in February, 635,000 plus in March. So it's expected to get all of those signatures By the deadline. Now, if approved, the measure would change the state constitution to allow existing medical cannabis companies in the state, like TrueLeave, which has funded this initiative, to begin selling cannabis to all adults over 21. It contains a provision that would allow, I like this, that would allow but not require lawmakers to take steps toward the approval of additional businesses and home cultivation by consumers would not be allowed. Adults 21 and older would be able to purchase and possess up to one ounce. Only five grams of concentrated cannabis products would be allowed. This three-page measure also omits equity provisions favored by advocates such as expungements <laughs> or other relief for people with prior cannabis convictions a poll in march found that 70% of florida supporters uh, uh, voters support legalization of cannabis they approved medical cannabis in 2016 the amendment would further clarify that nothing about the proposal changes federal law which seems to be an effort to avoid past legal challenges by misleading ballot language there are no provisions again for home cultivation or expungement of prior records the measure would take effect six months following voter approval and there are uh, many activists that aren't directly involved with the smart and safe Florida campaign headed by TrueLeave, they said that they're exploring plans to have voters decide on what they hope would be a more complementary measure permitting adults to grow at home, getting rid of, uh, you know, expungements and prior cannabis crimes. And so we will wait and see what happens. I'm Mark Wasserman with the pop brothers at law, bringing you this news that I don't really like personally. I don't think this measure is good. What do you guys think?
1: You don't like it, huh? I
0: I, I don't. I don't. I mean, you know, you got to like aspects of it where, yeah, if everybody adult can consume, great. But leaving out these home cultivation, you know, it makes sense that a big business A big cannabis business is behind this measure, so they don't want people growing at home, making their own. I don't like that. I don't like that they're not uh, having something in there to allow for uh, automatic expungements for prior cannabis convictions. Those are the things I don't like.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. The home grow on that front, especially because Florida's a cartel state, right? Oh, boy. a, a, a limited...
1: You, well,
2: in a business sense, uh, business It's, it's you
1: know, all what it is. Yeah. It's it is.
2: Yeah, you, you yeah, have yeah. a limited amount of government, you know, as, as sanctioned growers that you're going to be all getting your product from. And you see what happened to Connecticut when they did the same thing before they came with adult use. Um, they only had four state-approved cultivators, and two of them went down. And 50% of your entire production for the entire state goes down. What are you going to do?
4: Hey, Rico, I – I we lost Rico, so I'm going to say
1: – Go for it, Sean.
4: Hey, Rico, we uh, – I like your cartel comment as a political point, um, so don't let Jason try to censor you. He has a habit of doing that. <laughs> um, he,
2: he, he just wants to be a Florida resident down there. Yeah, Los, he Los, wants Los, one of those – he wants Trump's
4: – uh, DeSantis has promised him probably some uh, license <laughs> – Uh, So that he wanted to be part of it. But in all seriousness, uh, we can say no. And we talk about the disaster that has become legal cannabis. We should have said no in 2016 (laughs) to a lot of this stuff until we were able to negotiate a better deal, a more functional, workable deal. I think the voters, the patients of Florida, which the current medical system absolutely doesn't serve them. They're in the illicit market. Um, And that's actually hurting the legal industry. The legal industry is not even doing good. And yet we keep doubling down on stupid. Right. Why?
2: Because they they, they want to milk this industry for so much money that they think is there. <laughs> that they think is there, but it ain't there. Like, mean- was it Ron De- Demonius Meatball Ron down there was proposing. Oh. He's, he's proposing the renewal of your license for $1 million. I don't have a problem was, with that.
1: I don't have a problem with that.
2: So all you're going to have... With these limited amount of cultivators that are approved, all you're going to have is the deepest of pockets, which is, in your words, who's there, bro? Yeah, That's I've already who's uh, there. Uh, I'm talking about going forward uh, for legalization, I right? Like, no which, which, means, which means going, which means going forward. The only person who's going to no be way. able to afford that has the deepest of pockets, no and in your terms. That specifies they're, they're most likely going to be nothing but boof.
1: Am I right? No one, let me tell you something, bro. No one with little bits of money is going to be able to even close to come to compete with all this deep money that's out there in Florida. So what you're waiting for is a pipe dream and mm-hmm. setting people up for failure. And that's not cool. And we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Ryan wins. <laughs>
2: Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York, so make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com.
1: Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you are watching us from Mark's page, make sure you come on over here. Hit that subscribe button so you know where you can find us every Monday through Friday over here on YouTube. Also, if whatever you are doing, make sure that you hit that like button. And also make sure you head over to our website, www.hiat9news.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We believe we've gotten all of our problems fixed with the newsletter, so now it should end up in your inbox. You will get a confirmation email to click on once you subscribe. And we have a ton of amazing merch available for you right there to check out. And apparently, the women's bathing suits are the number one item on the page. And all of our friends that love to chat and whatnot, if you really want us to pay attention to your chats, make them a super chat if you really want the reaction that you want control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the DAB. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient DAB experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated.
5: You what like is- that
2: music, a little background music going on right there. Oh, boy. <laughs> this patient advocate and 15-year regulated market industry vet has worked across the U.S. from Colorado, California, Florida, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. He is also a fellow dope dad. Come to the stage next, y'all know who it is, Saman Razani.
3: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hi, at 9 fam. All right, we got a really cool story. Um, this is out of uh, MJ Biz. And it's about uh, psychedelics and cannabis use um, in patients. And uh, I'm, I'm sad that our, our boy, Matthew St. Germain, isn't here to, to comment on this. Hopefully, he's listening. Researchers combined cannabis and psilocybin for medical treatments. Um, combining cannabinoids with psilocybin into a single formula for treating both physical and mental health issues took another step closer to reality, as described in a product patent from a major cannabinoid laboratory, CAMTECH, C-A-A-M-TECH. Camtech, based in Issaquah, Washington, less than 20 miles southeast of Seattle, is analyzing how two substances interact with each other, as well as specific physical and mental health outcomes that can be expected. Their purified psilocybin cannabinoid product—um, sorry, their purified psilocybin and cannabinoid product—is in the early development stages right now. This patent development is coming at a time when there is more genet- uh, genetic information about both cannabis and psilocybin opening the door exploring other ways that these two substances could work together and perhaps be combined into new commercial products for example cannabis combined with psilocybin has been found to shrink tumors in breast cancer in the specific case of a 49 year old woman that discovery led researchers to conclude That growing anecdotal and real world evidence is reported of the therapeutic effects of cannabinoids and psychedelics in reducing both tumor proliferation and and aiding as a palliative medicine to treat pain and psychological distress associated with cancer and chemotherapy. Researchers now say that they can env- uh, that they can envision a one-and-done solution to serious mental health and inflammation issues that uses prop- uh, proprietary uh, sorry properties of both possibly by mixing psilocybin with minor cannabinoids such as cannabichromine, CBC, which is one of the more abundant ca- which is one of the more abundant cannabinoids in the plant. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. The, uh, that most certainly can be done, Charlie Bowman, president and CEO of the Canadian cannabis company Hexo Corp, told MJBizDaily. CBC is hard to grow. It's hard to synthesize, so it's expensive, he added. If I take just a little bit of CBC and combine it with psilocybin mushrooms, I'll be able to get a different price point that will open that up to more customers and consumers. So you can see... Uh, I'm sorry, so you can put CBC into a water-soluble form and then put it with mushrooms so you can actually consume it as a tea. Daniel McQueen, the author of Psychedelic Cannabis and the executive director of the Center for Medicinal Mindfulness in Boulder, Colorado, is doing cannabis-assisted psychedelic therapy at an organization involving, uh, involving facilitating individuals, psychedelic cannabis and ketamine experiences with medical oversight. Guided meditation... So- uh, sessions individual coaching classes and community support he agreed that psilocybin and cannabis pill or combo compound is totally doable but we're able to induce psychedelic states with can uh, with cannabis without any other psychedelics he told MJ Biz Daily, we work regularly we work regularly with cannabis and psychedelics for the same reasons that people go to psil- get psilocybin and other medicines so I imagine a three-hour, dmt level psychedelic experience with the emotional support of mdma and the capacity to retain your sense of of agency the control over your actions and their consequences mcqueen added referencing the hallucinogenic drug dimethyltryptamine dmt this is what we're experiencing with psychedelic cannabis various obstacles there are serious obstacles to creating a combo compound cannabinoid and psychedelics act on different receptors in the brain Cannabinoids, such as THC, binds primarily to the CB1 cannabinoid receptors. CBC binds primarily to the CB2 receptor. Psychedelics, such as psilocybin, bind primarily to the 5-HT2A serotonin receptors. But there has been research showing that cannabinoid CBD can bind to serotonin and that when serotonin is joined with the CB2 cannabinoid receptor, the the resulting combination can do things that neither receptor can do on its own. For example, according to a 2022 study by Spanish scientists investigating ischemia, a condition that causes interrupted blood flow, in newborn piglets, neuroprotective effects were brought about by serotonin receptor activated by CBD. In fact, the main neuroprotective effects of CBD are believed to be related to the activation of the 5-HT1A receptor, which is one of the three serotonin receptors that psilocybin binds to, the study found. Tumors, brain injuries, and PTSD. Buoyed by the potential of the combo compound, the medical cannabis community is growing increasingly excited. For example, cannabis combined with psychedelics has been found to shrink tumors significantly in breast cancer. Other work at the University of Miami is examining combining CBD with psilocybin in one pill to treat traumatic brain injuries and PTSD. A new research based on responses to surveys suggests Evidence of cannabis combined with psychedelics helps with psychedelic assisted therapy, citing potential overlap and receptor targets. Therapeutically desirable psychological effects associated with psychedelics may in theory be enhanced by, uh, by co-committant cannabis use. According to the center for Psychole- psychedelic research at the Imperial college in London, cannabis itself induces subjective effects that are similar to the one The the same effects of psychedelics, such as euphoria, changes in perception of time, intensification of sensory perception, and hyper-associative thinking. The imperial researchers concluded from responses to the survey of 321 participants from 40 different countries. While the molecular basis of the synergistic effects between cannabis and psychedelics was not explored in the current study, the obtained results are suggestive of its existence. Despite serotonin, serotonin, so serotonid- serotonergic, sorry, tongue tied there, psychedelic and cannabis having seemingly different modes of action, the Imperial researchers reported recent studies have brought to attention a potential degree of overlap in receptor targets of both the drug classes. Similarities between the cannabis and psychedelics. Other research is exploring options about cannabis and psychedelics mimicking each other. For example, some cannabinoids recently discovered uh, offer, in effect, a higher high and more psychedelic high, which could be used for psychedelic-assisted therapies without other psychedelics. The controversial and potentially dangerous THCO is an example. THCO is known as the THC acetate ester, which is very potent. Um, As a a relative newcomer, a synthetic cannabinoid can created via chemical synthesis that delivers an intoxicating punch. According to Forbes, consumers report that THCO causes more spiritual or psychedelic psychoactivity than other cannabinoids. Uh, Another newly discovered cannabinoid is THCP. Researchers say it could be as much as 33 times stronger than THC and could be the secret sauce to some some cannabis strains. What that what that will do to humans, whether it could be stronger than a psychedelic and thus could replace psychedelics as, the, as a therapeutic, is unknown at this point. In our opinion, compounds, this compound should be included in the list of the main phytocannabinoids to be determined for a correct evaluation of pharmacological effects of the cannabis extracts admi- administered to patients. A 2019 study By a host of Italian researchers concluded, in fact, we believe that the discovery of the extremely potent THC-like phytocannabinoid may shed light on several pharmacological effects not ascribed solely to delta-9-THC. The presence of the new new phytocannabinoid could account for the pharmacological properties of some uh, cannabis varieties, difficult to explain by the presence of the sole delta-9-THC. And there are psychedelics being made where the hallucinatory effects has been engineered out, essentially becoming a non-psychedelic antidepressant. The research team team led by Dr. Brian Roth, a professional uh, professor of pharmacology at the University of North Carolina School of Medicine, developed a new compound that hits the same brain cell targets as psychedelic drugs in mice, targeting long-lasting antidepressant action without psychedelic effects. The goal is to make a drug which is not psychedelic, but which has the therapeutic action of psychedelics. Roth told Daily. Roth is skeptical of combined psychedelics cannabis compound. What cannabis does is it turns the neuron activity down, basically throughout the brain, Roth said. What psychedelics do is increase neuronal activity in one particular type of neuron in the brain. So the effects are completely different. The bottom line is researcher... A researcher such as Roth are still working to find better solutions to working on mental health issues, uh, whatever substance that involves. We're starting to get reports now after six months or a year in many patients, the effect of psilocybin assisted therapy tends to fade away and maybe they need to take psilocybin again or not, Roth said. We just don't know. He said researchers are still trying to understand how psychedelic drugs act in the brain roth noted that in march 2022 paper that he co-wrote the nearly 60 companies that nearly 60 companies have been formed to explore opportunities for psychedelics and treating diverse diseases despite the uncertainty about which aspects of the 5-ht2a receptor activity in the central nervous system are responsible for the therapeutic effects this is still pretty mysterious and what uh, about what the heck's going on he said and that's the story today, guys. Very interesting information. Uh, wondering what you guys think about this.
1: Oh, man. This, all those mushrooms. All, I mean, t- that sounded to me like they were more describing, like, a, a serious rave.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely not describing a rave situation, but they're definitely describing a crossfade. You know what I'm saying? A, um, <laughs> See, sure. Molly, Molly is- Uh, I mean, he, I mean, they use MDMA as an example of like, of like the, um, you know, kind of like, like your, you know, the, the emotional state in that you're in when you're taking MDA while you're taking a, a cannabinoid slash, um, you know, mushroom product or psilocybin product. So I, I think that personally, this is fascinating. Um, I, one of the things they alluded to was, uh, some of these companies that are kind of, uh, they're kind of engineering the, the trip out of the psychedelics and that's, very fascinating. There's actually a really um, big company down in Florida that's doing this. Um, oh, Florida, huh? Solera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solera Biosciences. So everybody <laughs> go look them up. This Synthesize is, this is it. a, H-ray. well, well, it's all synthesized, right? Um, mm-hmm. Except to mushrooms. Um, but, but this is, but this is like getting into the level of, Hey, like, are these natural products viable in the farm pharma, pharma realm? And, um, or are they just gonna synthesize it to hell or convert it to hell, isomerize it to hell?
2: And will they be able to consistently get you on your level?
4: Yeah, I mean, save yourself some money and just go throw some mushrooms down and smoke cannabis. I mean, to be honest with you, as someone who's a heavy, I've done them all together all at the same time. Oh boy, and, uh, cannabis, That's only one way to do it. Cannabis and ketamine are called world peace, and so I definitely think there's a benefit. but let's not lie what these research companies are doing. They're just trying to develop something that can wrap IP around and sell it within the insurance industry and make money. They did this with ketamine and Ketamex, the J&J product that was nasal spray. Ketamex came out and basically Trump told J&J they should buy all of it to save all the veterans' lives. Well, it's not very good. And interesting enough, if you look at these psychiatric uh, tools we use in, in the pharmaceutical, their efficacy is barely higher than the placebo. And that's really, if it, from an antidepressants to Ketamex was just at the placebo practically. And they're trying to sell it for $20,000. Why? Because a $1.50 vial of ketamine, I guess, gets you high. And they're trying to use this. We got to get the hallucinogenic part out of it because that's bad. When ironically, it's the hallucinogenic part, in my opinion, that's the healer because it gets your mind out of the fucking same place and sends you to La La Land, which Absolutely. is healing like a retreat. I mean, it's so corrupt scientifically and corrupt morally what they're doing. And they're doing it like they've done all along, trying to minimize the natural plant and, and natural and the psychedelics that do have for dollar fifty, like ketamine, which is natural. And, and they're trying to reinvent a wheel for their own benefit. And they're hurting us all.
2: And um, well, I mean, I, I, it might it might it might be a little controversial to say, uh, to say this here but um i mean would, you, would could you argue the same about like cbd and all the promises that yes! we have heard yes uh, cbd you got a whole well, well so, i mean i I'll mean coming out I saying mean, no. that, like, cbd no, the, changed his entire life
3: uh no the answer is no i mean that this, the, the cannabinoids are actually, uh, are actually feasible and viable for treatment. But what's happening I'm not, is I'm not snake oil. Yeah. I'm well, but I, mean, but I mean, that's with anything. It's with THC too. People said, oh, it takes your pain away. In fact, THC sometimes increases the pain in, in people with chronic pain. So okay. it's like, I think it's the way that you sell it and the way that it's being sold by snake oil salesmen in our, in our industry. And that's, that's just it's the, the reality.
2: Been sold by the gram or the eighth. But in America, there's always going to be a place on somebody's shelf for plenty. Of snake oil. That's right. Mark, what do you, you have any thoughts on this,
0: Mark? Any of the
1: psychedelic psychness?
0: You know, I think it should all just be legal. I think people should be able to do whatever they want yep. with whatever they want, you know, Maybe as long as they're not hurting top. anybody and they're safe. I think let us let us do what we what we want. It's already happening. People are already doing it, and there's too many people that are getting busted for really just wanting to Medicaid and hey if somebody wants to trip A little bit you know let Them you know again if they're not hurting anybody I don't see a problem With it all yeah, being part, 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 You realize placebo
2: effect works like it's all About mindset man the placebo effect even If it doesn't work like uh, uh, Scientifically like that shit helps Some people heal
1: Mark, you do realize that you're lobbying for yourself to be out of a job. Are you looking to retire?
0: <laughs> you know, I've got a couple movies uh, coming out. I'm an actor. So, uh-huh. uh, I, I, but, you know, we're on strike, too. So, you know, I, Jim, but I don't care.
2: Asking you reti- are you retiring? Is he <laughs> trying to Fire. sell you a timeshare? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to try to sell you a timeshare, a Trump timeshare at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, <laughs> I ain't going to Florida. <laughs> I tell you that. Mar-a-Lago, no. We got to go to
1: a commercial, though. We're going to be right back. <laughs>
3: How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
1: Oh, yes. Coming up next, it is Mr. Sean Kernan, the president of Weed for Warriors, here to drop some knowledge from the veteran's perspective. What do you have to say today, Sean?
4: Jason, thanks. Uh, my article comes from the North Bay Business Journal. That's North Bay as in San Francisco, the Santa Rosa, Sonoma area. And it basically headlines California uh, uh, market enforcement by the numbers signaling ongoing, growing pains for the cannabis industry. California collected less in tax receipts from businesses over most categories in the first quarter, the State Department of Tax and Fee Administration reported. Tax receipts for the period ending March 31st totaled $216.1 million, a 13% drop from the last quarter of 2022. The figure was also almost $100 million less year over year or down 31% with $311.6 million in 2022's first quarter. The California Department, the crackdown on the illegal trade is the answer, according to state officials. The California Department of Cannabis Control also reported Monday that its delegated task force assigned to stomp out the illicit market seized unlicensed cannabis plants and products with a retail value of $52.6 million for the first quarter of 2023, the Caesar shows a 39% jump in market removal compared to the amount captured in the last quarter over a prior year. An even larger gain was made in the number of plants eradicated. The multi agency task force created by Governor Gavin Newsom in 2022 23 budget to target illegal operators, thus leveling the playing field, according to the administration served 21 in 2023's first three-month period. Significantly improving our results speaks to our effectiveness and will support the legal cannabis market, the state cannabis regulators, law enforcement chief, Bill Jones, said in a statement. Ironically enough, regarding uh, the $100 million shortfall, uh, state senators and assembly member uh, Skinner and Ting Came out with AB 221 and SBS 72, which it will be largely guided by the California's government proposed budget that should come out here any week, which includes $95.4 million in the general fund to pack fill an estimated decline in revenue to the state cannabis tax fund. So, what's going on now is is taxpayers are being tapped to fulfill the backroom promises made to get 64 together. And that's money to the SEIU. It's money to the environmental groups to remediate a mess that now we're making the mess worse. The irony of this failure is just gigantic. We've had multiple stories on this show, what's going on. And it's not just California. Somebody's got to wake up because this thing is only going to get worse. And all we're doing is we've legalized cannabis for the privilege. And the rest of us are going to have the target of law enforcement on our back still.
1: Thank you, Sean. Sean, I have a question about this this, this tax yeah. thing, and I wonder if one of the reasons that there's a big decline is because we just went into switching the uh, the uh, the excise tax from the onerous of the distributor paying it to the retailer paying it, and therefore a number of retailers had, you know, anywhere from fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, in tax credits that they don't have to pay because their current inventory had already paid that excise tax already in the previous quarter, and this is just actual balancing out.
4: No, that's it doesn't cover anywhere close to it. That accounts for about half of it, according to this article, because I just read synopsis. Go read it. Um, the other argument is the cultivation taxes weren't collected. That's $37.6 million, but you're about $50 million, Um. Uh, still short on taxes this is plain and simple the illicit market and the black market contrary to our police in chief in cannabis's words his enforcement is actually going to be inverse related to taxes because at the end of the day it, it has no effect and all they're doing now is he's just going to put numbers higher and higher based on valuations that are probably exaggerated like the police always do and we are, we're going to find ourselves out at, at ground zero. We have the environmental disaster continuing and getting worse. We have immigrant exploitation. All the things us progressive woke liberals in California say we're against, we're causing with Prop 64.
2: Self-fulfilled, okay. uh, self-fulfilled prophecy, right? That's right.
5: It, it is fairy tale for the East.
2: Yes, please, please, hey, Lee. Can you please bring these, these headlines uh, and these stories uh, and, and this passion from the from the West Coast and the pain, like over to the East Coast? Because I, I had high hopes. I had high hopes for New York, but New York just uh, seems New to York, have a New York hasn't even got started. That's the thing. Mm-hmm.
5: New York has. They gave social equity, and that's like, mm-hmm. uh, the next round is is for the big boys. And those yep. licenses. I'm not saying your social equity license or your or your hemp farm. Uh, uh, is it the micro license in New York? Is the license for uh, everyone, anyone operating in New York right now? And the micro license yep. in New York, uh, though we we thought this month they would give the actual the actual square footage and the limit. Uh, but hopefully it would be this month, uh, June come.
2: See, see, see. see, see that's, that's what I'm talking about. You guys have all this hope when they tell you that they're going to do some shit.
5: New Jersey, right now. Has uh, uh, le- legacy licenses uh, in New Jersey. There's a legacy, actual legacy license application in New Jersey, and no questions asked license for any trapper, anybody underground grower. Uh, you don't have to answer any government document of what you've been doing. Uh, there's a a exercise tax money. We put fifty million dollars of the exercise tax money towards educational program to help people uh, understand what the business is, write business plans, business mentorships, and up to a hundred thousand dollar grant. Uh, For uh, those uh, applicants, the whole program is free uh, because it's put forth from the money that was supposed to be used for exercise education
2: from the medical program. Uh, Big up Wesley McWhite. Big up Wesley McWhite. Putting the things out there. Uh, uh,
5: And uh, uh, New York. New York's just waiting on this micro. The micro in New York gives gives you this. It gives you what we believe is going to be 3,500, not 2,500 like New Jersey, but you can go vertical, but it gives you the right to grow, process, defense, gives you a, a retail and consumption lounge on-site or off-site and delivery. It gives you a mini vertical, and it gives a lot of operators that are operating now with a grower the chance to uh, uh, be self-sufficient in what they already doing and operating in New York City. Uh, right now, and in New York, this state. Uh, so we're just waiting on for the micro license, what the square footage and a limit. The limit uh, in New Jersey is for the micro is a thousand pounds. That's a thousand pounds to a retail, not a thousand pounds at tray fives. The micro license in New York gives you a thousand pounds at tray fives, which is basically six point four million. I'm gonna tax you heavy. Uh, but six point four million in tray fives for the micro, and if they limit you at a thousand, or on a thousand pounds of flour, keeping the wordage as flour, keeping it as that, that way if you're single.
2: Well, oh. well Lee, Lee, uh, Lee I, I'd love to go deep on that one. We are at the top of the hour here, man. Oh, uh, much, much respect bad. to you, much, good. much, much, much love, uh, dropping gems on us, and we got nothing but love for our east. Coast brethren and sister out there. We just want y'all to not fuck it up like we have out here yeah. on the West. Rico. And yes. yes,
1: I have one last big headline for everyone, and you can go over to the Hyatt <laughs> nine, <laughs> 9 News website, www.hyatt9news to check out the full story. But Minnesota yes. Governor Waltz is expected to sign the bill legalizing adult-use marijuana in the state of Minnesota, and guess this, you guys. You're never going to guess who is, who is going to be there. Also. That's right. Former Minnesota governor, just Je- Jesse, the body. The <laughs> <Yeah>. oh,
2: <man. laughs> <laughs> button's broken over here. Well, big ass, big ass of Minnesota, man. I hope you guys get at least most of what you guys were uh, looking to get over there, man. Um, you got anything else on that one, Jason? Here, just so uh, I roll into the outro. Yeah. Yep. We're- all right, man. Big, big ups to the Minnesotans out there, man. Good luck on everything. And I hope that uh, you guys, I hope it's all that you dreamed and hoped it would be. (laughs) Welcome to the fucking fight. Thank you all out there for tuning in for another, another episode of high at nine news. You can catch us live weekdays, 9am Pacific high noon on the East coast. Big shout out to our live audience members, online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry to our tenured industry correspondent team, tuning in from all over the globe, bringing us much needed variety and perspective. adding to our conversations to our production team, cloud media partners, house of Fuego, uh, uh, the vortex in Jaja Simone tried to hold things down over at clubhouse, but clubhouse won today. So I apologize to everybody trying to listen in. And we had a little bit of technical difficulties there today, but um, to the haters out there, get a job. How about that? Or head down to Florida and work for one of those cartels. <laughs> Finally, cannabis is L the reason that we show up every single day to read these stories. Thank you so very much. We are forever indebted to you my beautiful goddess. And um, it is Tuesday, May 30th, 2013. The show's over. You've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your smoke, put in your pipe and smoke, at least until tomorrow. Lee, my man, from D.C., the 202 in the building, man. You got the outro today, man. You got a good message for the people to send them out on this Talk About It Tuesday. Oh,
5: yeah. We talked about it earlier, just a little bit, and touched on it uh, with legalization, wherever you're at in your state, without home grow and without the expungements of getting people out of the out of prison for what they've been in prison for those to benefit on the outside while others is persecuted on the inside, it's not fair. So whatever legalization happens without home grow or without expungements, it's not happening. So make sure you go talk to your legislators, write a letter. A letter has to be responded to or email or a phone call. It has to be responded to by law. They have to respond back to you. So just have everybody send a letter. Ask your, ask your representative how they feel about the plant. Then you may get a good opportunity to have some dialogue directly to influence. So you can change some of these laws out here that you don't repeat uh, mistakes that have already happened. We don't need to take cautionary tales. Yes. Definitely.
3: Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that.
2: Uh, What is this? All of Washington, D.C. is on the same wavelength, because even though Gretchen is out this week, got somebody else from D.C. saying the same thing. Y'all heard it here first.
1: Oh, boy. What you did there. (laughs) See where you're you're portraying
2: right there. Get out your fence and write a letter to your legislators (laughs) out there.